Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. rejoicing that will be when we all see we'll sing and shout the victory does most everybody know this chorus we can sing it we don't need any anything um, to back us up we can just sing it together when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all We'll sing and shout the victory when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. I'm telling you, I cannot wait for that day. And we sing that together. It's not if, when we get to heaven, if we get to heaven. We sing knowing in our heart the promises that have been given to us when we follow Jesus as our one true Savior. I cannot wait for that day. No more standing at a pulpit. <laughs> Although it's, it's wonderful. This is a wonderful pulpit. No more pain. No more worry. No more heels. <laughs> Lord, take the day when my faith shall be sight. It must have been in our first appointment. We had a lovely soldier by the name of Miss Dorothea. And Miss Dorothea was a bit up in age. Um, but she was, had a job at the Corps. She was very good at her job. And she would take attendance for everybody that was together in Sunday school. And the Corps there uh, was an old elementary school. Very long hallways and tons of places to hide. And we had so much fun with our, our youth group there. Uh, but in that Corps, the very big hallways there was a bell system. And at the end of Sunday school, she would ring the bell. And everybody knew you had five minutes to get from your place to the chapel. And it took her just about that time to get down the long hallway to get there. It was about in our third year that Miss Dorothea got very sick. And we got a call late one night and she didn't have any uh, family in the area 
I think her closest family member, we were in El Paso, her closest family member was in Washington State. And um, so we went and we were able to be with her in her last few hours as she took her last breath here on earth. The moment that she passed, I being a very young and new lieutenant, I wasn't sure what was supposed to happen next. I didn't know what the next step was, what, what we were supposed to do. What, are we supposed to pray? What is supposed to happen now? And I realized that these feelings were my own and they were only for me because she had no worry. She didn't care what the next step was. And it changed my perspective for the things of this world because that's where I'm going and that's what matters most. Today, we are focusing in on a lady who is no stranger to grief, a true friend of sorrow. You may think, how in the world can she experience grief when she had nothing to lose to begin with, right? But we know that grief is not always a result of the physical death of a loved one. Grief extends to unrealized dreams. This can include unanswered prayers for healing from sickness, maybe loss of hope in finding the man or woman of our dreams. Still looking. No, just kidding. He's the man of my dreams, I promise. <laughs> We're talking about grief. I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. Maybe it's a specific career path that you didn't choose. It can be the easiest thing just to bury those things deep down. But if we're not careful, these things can rear their ugly heads and it turns into anger or resentment or bitterness. When we mourn an unrealized hope or dream, we allow God to enter into our pain and bring healing. This also gives him the chance and opportunity to open our eyes to new dreams that he has planted in our hearts and our minds that he would bring to fruition when the time is right. For Hannah, this unfulfilled dream was becoming a mother. There was a man from Ephraim, Elkanah, a good man. He had two wives. Now we know of all the men who have more than one wife in the Bible, things go perfectly well according to plan, right? <laughs> Everyone gets along, right? Just wanted to put a plug in there for monogamy. Because polygamy was a fact. It was a fact of life in the ancient world. But God intended marriage to be monogamous, just in case anybody had any questions. Hannah and 
Peninnah, the two wives of Elkanah, had a very competitive relationship in the way that Peninnah was able to have children and Hannah was not. This brought great heartache to Hannah. For as a woman, it was considered blessed to have children so that it can bring on the legacy of your family, of your name, of your inheritance. And it wasn't just the off chance that Hannah was without child. Scripture states that the Lord closed her womb. Why is this? Why? The question, why? Was this punishment for some sin in her life? Was she not good enough? Quite the contrary. God was actively working in the life of Hannah. Even if she could not see it, there was definitive purpose and there was a plan. Year after year, the whole family would make their way to Shiloh where they would make a sacrifice and eat a ceremonial meal together. Now, Paul and I actually had the wonderful opportunity to stand where they think, because if you ever go to Israel, everything is, this could possibly have been the place. It still makes it wonderful, and I still get goosebumps just thinking about it. But we, we stood at the place where they believe to be where the tabernacle was, and I stood right where Hannah I should say, I stood right beside where Hannah was when she asked the Lord because I wasn't taking any chances in that spot right there. I have two. We're good. God was actively working in her life. And Elkanah, her husband, showed favor over Hannah. He gave her a double portion. And just picture it. Hannah is in the house of God. She receives a double blessing. And she can't enjoy it. And Elkanah, like a man, cannot figure out what is wrong with his beloved wife. I feel really bad. I don't know why I keep jabbing over there. It must have been something this week. With feelings of attack from her rival, Hannah finds herself grief-stricken, laid out before the Lord, calling upon him for her deepest desires, crying to him, remember me. And it is here she makes the vow to dedicate her son to the Lord's work. In fact, she makes the Nazarite vow. When she says in verse 11 that no razor will ever be used on his head. This is a vow explained in Numbers chapter 6. Including the uncut hair. There's also the self-denial from drink. Not to go near the dead. And it's usually just for a specific period of time. But for this child, it was unique. Because it would be from his birth. Who else does this sound like in scripture? Not to cut the hair? Yes. Samson, that's right. His mother prayed and made the same vow. This was a very special vow. 
Nazarite transliterates from the Hebrew word nazir, which means set apart. It was in this very morning, M-O-U-R-N, morning, that led Eli, the high priest, to confuse her behavior with being drunk. To give a a clear distinction between grief and mourning, because sometimes we think of them interchangeably, grief is the internal response to loss. It's your feeling of fear or sadness, pain, panic, loneliness. Mourning is when we take that grief and we express it outwardly. Hannah, politely but very unapologetically, brings Eli into her world, allowing him to bless her. And the Lord had not forgotten Hannah. As soon as, it was soon after that she gave birth to a son named Samuel, the last of the judges and the first of the prophets the child who would grow to become the man who anointed the first king of Israel, God's representative to the people of Israel. And Hannah kept her word to that vow. After Samuel was weaned, she presented him to Eli the priest, which we believe to be possibly between the ages of 6 and 11 years old. Now, I know what you're thinking, and I'm going to tell you, there are no availabilities open for your children here. Not going to happen. You keep your kids at home. I got two. No openings available. And you know, Jesus had to deal with death, even prior to the cross. When Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb, he did not arrive only to bring his friend back to life. He went to be with them, to share in the family's sorrow, to share in their pain, and to bring restorative life to all who were in mourning there. Have you ever thought about the fact that death would come again to Lazarus, just like it would to those who were outside the tomb mourning, just as it will for each and every one of us in this room? Jesus has shown us that just as death is not the end for the person who dies, death is not the end for those who remain living. When we are able to come alongside those who are mourning, there is a borrowed strength given that allows someone to know that they do not have to take the next steps alone. You don't have to know what to say. You don't have to know what to do. It is simply a ministry of presence. Hannah's story takes us from great pain to great joy, as does God's plan of salvation. Today, if you are stricken with grief, do as Hannah and bring it to the Lord. Maybe you feel you are living a life of missed opportunities or promotions that went over you. 
Maybe you're in the same boat as Hannah and what comes so easily for other women, there is absence for you. Perhaps you were given this gift, this precious gift, only for it to be taken away far too soon. There are many of you sitting in this room right now, and I know many of you at home as well, who have experienced a great loss of a loved one just recently. And I asked that the arms of the Lord would be around you even now. Maybe your heart has been broken by the one who has been charged and privileged to guard it. Maybe for you, it is a sin in your life that grieves you, and it should grieve you. Sin in my life grieves me. Wherever your grief resides, however old or new it may be, allow the Lord to move and to heal. Allow others to come alongside and bring strength to uphold you. There are no guarantees, there are no promises for the longings of your heart in your time frame and expectation. I wish there were, but there's not. There may not be a Hannah outcome for you. There may not be a Hannah outcome for me, but I trust in the Lord and I trust that he has good for me. And I know that there's a definitive purpose and plan, even if it's not revealed to us right now. Christ is enough for me. Everything that we need, dreams, hopes, loves, it's all in him. It's all in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.